Welcome to the Back Shoulder Fade, the Running Hook Sports Betting Podcast with Caleb Lynn and Zach Griffin. Hello, and welcome into the Back Shoulder Fade, the Running Hook Podcast Network Sports Betting Pod. And I am your host tonight, Zach Griffith. Caleb Lynn cannot join me. Uh, he's reeling from being proven wrong about the Eagles offensive line by PFF today. So I'm joined by the founder of the network, Alex Burr. Alex, how are we doing? I'm doing great, Zach. Excited to be here. Um, excited to make some bets. Make make some bets, talk some bets. Oh, let's say talk some bets because betting is not my particular forte, but I, I'm more than willing to talk some lines. Make sure... Um, you discount any of Caleb's opinions that he said previously on this pod. Like, cause like Zach said, his opinions suck. You heard it here first. Well, his opinions suck. If you've listened to this pod every week this season, you know, they suck. Uh, but let's get to one of Caleb's opinions right off the top. Our signature, uh, one of our signature segments, uh, Alex, I think on the network. Now the, the running hook parlay for the Thursday night football game on Amazon. Uh, Caleb's leg this week for Cowboys Seahawks. He's got Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard over 62 and a half rushing yards. Uh, that's an increase from three yards yesterday. He was at 59 and a half yards yesterday. Now he's at 62 and a half. Uh, Alex, your leg is CD lamb over 87 and a half yards. That has not changed since yesterday. And then my leg the riskiest one of the bunch, I would say. Tyler Lockett, anytime touchdown. Uh, guy's gone without a touchdown for a couple of weeks now. Um, I think this is the one to get back on track, ironically, against a good defense. But I think this is the one. You put down 10 bucks, you win 103. Your odds are plus 1038. You also, on FanDuel, have the No Sweat Same Game Parlay for Thursday Night NFL. I did that myself, and I placed each of the three legs into the parlay. Uh, so I am putting my money where my mouth is this week. Look at you, Zach Griffith, putting your money where your mouth mouth is, like a a true blue American. I I picked. I'm just gonna go into my logic and my pick real quick here. I just think the Cowboys have been defeating Ceedee Lamb all year. Eighty-seven and a half seems high, but then when you think about it, it's like. For a guy like CeeDee Lamb, is it really high? And he's going to get targets. He's going to get touches, first and foremost. So I'll take that guy over um, 87 and a half. And I mean, I know I just bashed Caleb, but 62 and a half yards for Pollard. (laughs) I mean, that's about as safe as, you know, going for a single when they're playing the infield in. I mean, you, you can't get much safer than that. I know you I can't, can't hate the logic here. You can't hate the logic. Uh, you know, I'm usually the conservative better on the pod. I went for the riskiest one this week with Tyler Lockett anytime touchdown, but you're right about Tyler, uh, Tony Pollard because we were talking before the pod. Seattle's front sucks. Uh, not a thing you're used to saying about Seattle the past decade, but it sucks. Uh, they re signed Frank Clark midseason this year. Uh, to quote Michael Lombardi, if you're doing that, you're worried about your front, okay? You're worried about your front. He said that when the Ravens signed Jadevian Clowney. Actually, worked for them, but um, if you're signing Frank Clark, you're worried about your front if you're Seattle. And then uh, C.D. Lamb, Alex, over 87 and a half. If you look at C.D. Lamb alt receiving yards 
on FanDuel, you're not getting plus money on that until CD Lamb 100 or more yards. So the books think this is a given. The books think this is a given. Uh, you look at CD Lamb 40 or more, uh, it's minus 1200. 50 or more, minus 600. 60 or more, minus 350. You got to keep going to 100 or more before you get plus money. Uh, I think it's a given. I think it's a solid leg by you. CD Lamb's been a top. I mean, hell, Alex, he's probably been a top five wideout this year. And that's saying something with how deep wideouts are. With the wideout production we've gotten from Tyreek and and AJ Brown and uh, you know guys like that, it's just every week these guys are producing. CD Lamb's become one of those guys. Well, let me ask you a question before we move on to our other segments. Would you say that CD Lamb's production is part of the reason why Dax MVP odds are so high? Certainly helps. It certainly helps. I mean, Dak. Dak's been spreading the ball around. I know we just said uh, C.D. Lamb's kind of getting force-fed because he is, but you know they're getting Ferguson involved. They're getting Pollard more involved in the passing game. Finally getting Brandon Cooks involved, one of their big acquisitions from the offseason that my grandpa and my dad were clamoring for to get Brandon Cooks the ball. Uh, they were starting to question whether or not trading Amari Cooper was a mistake, but uh yeah, it is It is a big reason why. Uh, I think if you look at the past the past few quarterbacks to win uh, MVP, which that's all it's been is quarterbacks, I think only a few of them haven't had top-tier receivers. You know, uh, when Mahomes won it the first time, he had Tyreek and Kelsey. Last year he had Kelsey. Uh, an exception, I guess, would be Lamar when he won it. So I don't think Mark Andrews was Mark Andrews quite yet. Uh, but, you know, you look at Matt Ryan, he had Julio Jones when he won it. Aaron Rodgers had Devontae Adams. So him being in the race, having C.D. Lamb definitely helps. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at, I'm like just trying to compare around the league right now, but I looked at how many yards Dak has. Dak's almost at 3,000. And CD That's crazy. for receiving yards is at 1,066. Um, yeah, there's a few guys for, already at 1,000 receiving yards, which is... Yes. <laughs> just for context, Cooks has 452, Ferguson has 421, and Gallup has 357. So those three combined barely have more yards than CD Lamb does himself. Now It's like when targets, you're looking at a team, I mean, a much different team, a much worse team. But the Chargers are doing the same thing with Keenan Allen. The key is so much farther ahead, reception and yards wise, over the other receiving options on the team. It's like, why do we even have these guys then? Well, I was about to pull up another team. Um, now, this team only throws the two receivers, basically. But the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Tyreek Hill. Yeah. So Tua has 3,000. 130 or no, sorry, that's the total team yards. Um, Tua has 3,177 yards. Okay, Tyreek has 1,324 of those yards, so almost half. And then Jalen Waddle has 691 of those yards as well. So he compri- those two comprise about 75% of Tua's yards, give or take. Yeah, I think. You know, 
it goes without saying you can't win without elite receivers, but I think, well, yeah, to go to your point, like people were calling to a bust, including myself until Tyree kill got there and look at, you know, look at that. I think a lot of the haves and have nots come down to, okay, does this guy have a true number one? I mean, another example, Joe Burrow didn't take off until Jamar chase took off and, you know, you just go down the line. I mean, Mahomes has been great, but Mahomes hasn't really been the same since Tyreek left. <laughs> it's the receiving core hasn't really been the same yeah. for sure. Uh, it's a, it was a it's a massive loss. It's showing more this year than it did last year. Obviously, last year it didn't matter. They won the whole thing, but uh, you know, another one you look at you look at the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, decent year in 2021, make the playoffs, and then the next year they get AJ Brown. Go to the Super Bowl, almost win the Super Bowl. So, Stephon Diggs, you're right. Stephon Diggs with Josh Allen brought Josh Allen to MVP level as much as Bryce would hate to say it, but it's true. Um, it, yeah, I mean, you just, yeah, you got you got great points about the receivers. You definitely need a like Geno Smith in this game. Would Geno Smith have had as good of a year last year if he didn't have Metcalf and Lockett? Probably not. Kind of tie a nice little, kind of tie a nice little bow here. Tyreek Hill, plus four thousand odds for MVP. It's pretty good odds. I mean, look, pretty, pretty attainable. There's, there's no reason why he shouldn't be in the conversation. I know it's become a quarterback award now, which I hate. Uh, we haven't had a non-quarterback win the award, Alex. Do you, do you know the last non-quarterback to win the award? Oh, that's a good one. Was it in the last? 20 years. It was in the 2010s. Okay. You're going to kick yourself if you don't get it. It was, it was Adrian Peterson. It's Adrian Peterson 2012 when he almost broke the single season rushing record. So that's what it took, Alex. That is what it took for a non quarterback to win uh, the MVP award. I think Adrian Peterson came within like eight yards of breaking that record by Eric Dickerson. Uh, I had him on fantasy that year, by the way. Great year for me. Great year for me. Uh, yeah, 2097. So he came within eight yards, eight rushing yards of breaking the single season rushing record. That's what it took for a non quarterback to win the MVP. Um, we're not getting that this year, but I agree. Like, why, why is Josh Allen ahead of Tyreek Hill, right? Why, why is Trevor ahead of Tyreek Hill? Why is Brock Purdy ahead of Tyreek Hill? It, it just it doesn't make any sense. CJ Stroud. Like, CJ Stroud has a, had a great season. He's going to be rookie of the year running away, but you know, I'm not buying the MVP for him. Like, it's just not. I don't know why Tyreek Hill is not in the conversation. For him, not even to be in the top 10 odds is a joke. It is a joke. Could not agree more. But. I don't know when the next time we're going to see it is. It might take a 2000 yard season from a receiver to win MVP on a really good team. That's my, that might be what it takes. Um, but I guess, I guess we'll see in the future. Um, Alex, let's get into our three best NFL bets this week. Uh, I'm going to go first here. If you don't mind, because I do not it's mirroring. It's mirroring a bet. I had uh, a couple weeks ago before Thanksgiving. And it's the Eagles at plus money. 
The Eagles at plus money. You're getting the best team at football this year at plus money at home against the 49ers, the team they beat in the NFC title game last year. Um, let me double check to make sure that's still the case. But I could not believe it, Alex. I mean, I know, yeah, still still the exact same. You're getting the Eagles at plus 126 at home against San Francisco. They're a two-and-a-half-point dog. Uh, I don't get it, Alex. I mean, I love San Francisco. I think they're, you know, top three to five team in the league. I think they could win the Super Bowl this year. But I don't agree with them being favored on the road against the Eagles. Um, maybe the books know something. Uh, maybe they don't think someone's healthy for the Eagles. But uh, at home, the yeah, Eagles pulled off. Uh, unbelievable overtime win against the Bills last week. Crushing loss for the Bills. You can say it's lucky, whatever, but they won. Eagles find ways to win. They find ways to win. Worked for me last time at plus money, taking the Eagles against the Chiefs. I'm doing it again. I'm just going to keep doing it until it doesn't work, Alex. Give me the Eagles at plus 126 money line at home. It's good logic. I mean, because... I personally would have gone with the points. I mean, it's a little bit worse of odds, but I mean, even if they lose, you still win. <laughs> I mean, they obviously right. have to cover, but it's a better chance than not that they cover because they're playing the 49ers and they're pretty close I mean, to you can 49ers. make a case it's the biggest game of the season. It's the biggest game of the season on the NFL schedule this year. You can argue it's it's the biggest game of the year and why it's at 425. Eastern time, time slot, I'll never fucking know. I mean, hey, why have that? What What is the Sunday night game this week? Is that Chiefs-Packers? Chiefs-Packers to appease the cheeseheads. I mean, hey. Monday night, you got, Monday night, you got Bengals-Jaguars, but obviously they didn't know Burrow wasn't going to be playing. They didn't know it was going to be Browning. Green Bay, famously the largest market in the NFL. Um, yes. I think that the Eagles... I, I I will say this: Why I would have taken the points at some point. That's good logic. The luck, good logic. The luck does have to run out, Zach. And I'm not gonna lie. I, I in that Bills game, I think they kind of got lucky. I think they probably no, should have called. The, they did. They got. They got lucky. I think they should have called. The, there was other penalties they should have called, but I think the one that sticks in my craw is the they should have called a fumble. There was that crossing route from AJ Brown over the middle. They, I think, they ended up calling it an incomplete yeah. pass. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, that should have been a fumble. Should have been. Should have been a fumble. He t- caught the ball and took two steps. If that's not a football, the refs move, on I don't TV even said it was a fumble. Yeah. yeah. If the, again, if that's not a football move, I don't know what is. So neither do the refs. That was that was pro- those refs, and I think I saw a stat where um, hockey Lee's kid is incredibly slanted towards. Uh, Philadelphia. I'm turning into you. <laughs> well, no, it's true. Like, listen, I like the Eagles. I got them number one in my power rankings. I, I think they're my Super Bowl pick this year, probably. But they, they should have lost that game. They should have lost that game. They probably should have lost the Cowboys game. If Dak, you know, walks two more inches uh, in bounds, they lose that game. Uh, there's a couple other close games they've been in, but. Uh, and who knows, Alex, going, even going back to last year, if Purdy doesn't get hurt in the title game, maybe they lose that game. Maybe they lose that game, because then you're not playing against Josh Johnson, right? So, 
They, they have gotten lucky, and the ref thing is a real thing with them. The ref thing is a real thing with them. Maybe it's the NFL trying to make up for the Super Bowl blunder, uh, the holding call that cost them the game, but the ref thing is a real thing with them. Uh, maybe that's why the books have it at plus money for the Eagles, because they think it's finally going to come back. Uh, what does the NFL have Rich? Scott Foster on this game? Dude, don't, 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 don't get me, don't get me started, man. No, no comments, no comments from Adam. It's been over a week, Alex. It's been over a week since that Foster and Chris Paul stuff happened. No comments. Not mom, mom from the league office in New York City. Mom, you can be surprised. That's that's all I'll say. Um, Protecting their lap dog, the lap dog Scott. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, no, I like you taking the points there. I mean, this game could come down uh, to a field goal to win the game, uh, and that could be the winning margin. So, um, is that is that one of your three picks, or do you have another one? It like was more? not actually. I just thought if you were going to go that direction, you would take the um, you would take the points. But I, I understand you taking the money line though, and just riding that train until just riding the gravy train there. My first pick actually, um. I think we have similar logics for these pick. I know that I read the agenda. This is your second pick, so we can kind of overlap here. Um, Saints versus Lions. I'm going to take the Saints plus four and a half. Um, and the logic is similar mm. to yours in that the the Saints couldn't st- or the Lions couldn't stop a piece of paper from blowing into the end zone. I mean, it's just the Lions' offense is great, but I think what's kind of happening now is that their offense is kind of crumbling. You know how the old adage is like, okay, the offense sucks. So now the time of possession is like <laughs> the offense or the defense has to be out there forever. And then as a result, the defense struggles. And I think it might be working in reverse in Detroit is what I'm trying to say, where the yeah, offense is I, having to carry the weight of the expectations, but they have to score every time in order to shore up their shitty defense. And they're eight and three. So it's not like, you know, complete tire fire over there in Detroit, but it's cause for concern, Zach. It's cause for concern. If you're, if you're a Lions fan like Deke, or if you're looking at them from a betting perspective for, for futures, like if you have bets on them, um, you know, to, to win the NFC or, or even the Super Bowl or even this division, I mean, you know, Green Bay's hot right now. Uh, really big deal for Detroit that Minnesota lost on Monday night because Minnesota would be sitting at seven wins right now. Uh, so if you had if you had NFC North futures on the Lions, uh, you're kind of glad Justin Fields came through for once. Uh, but you're right. I mean, the Lions' defense is a massive, massive concern. They wouldn't be able to stop my grandpa running up the gut. Uh, he would get five or six yards on this team. I mean. And, the, you know, the Saints, the Saints defense, the personnel is among the best in the league. Uh, I still think they're a top 10 defense. I've had them in fantasy pretty much all year in one of my leagues. They've treated me very well. But, you know, I've made my thoughts on Dennis Allen and this coaching staff very clear, both here on the insanity. I think Dennis Allen sucks. I think he should be fired. I don't think he should last the next year. Uh, so I don't know what to expect from the Saints. Uh, defensively or offensively, Alex, because quite frankly, Derek Carr has been asked this year. They're in a real pickle with Derek Carr. They gave him the bag this offseason. 
they thought we're going to get this guy. We're going to solve our quarterback problem. Um, we're finally going to have production at the position that we haven't had since Drew Brees hung it up. And now uh, they, they're, I mean, look, it's not like Russell Wilson last year where you're looking in the mirror, like, what do we do? But it's pretty close because similar situation, you know, gave this guy the bag, supposed to solve the problem long-term, and he has just sucked. He has just sucked. So if there's a bounce-back game for him, Alex, I would assume it'd be this year, uh, this game against the Lions, who can't stop my grandpa up the gut, but I don't know. This game was honestly a stay away for me other than taking the over on the points because, again, the Lions don't have a defense. Well, it's... So, first of all, to bring it back to Carr, I think it's kind of note-fitting. Well, first of all, I mean, McDaniels. Has there been a quarterback that's worked in his system outside of Brady? So, I mean, we can maybe kind of discount, you know, that struggle that Carr had in Oakland the last couple of years. Maybe Kyle Orton for six games in Denver. Yeah, but I mean, that's probably a long stretch. No. And then you had, I I don't know who their OC is in New Orleans, but he's clearly not doing him any favors. So you have two, Carr's not a guy who's going to transcend the system. He needs a system to lift him up, right? If you put him in a Shanahan or a, um, I mean, just let, let's just say a Shanahan or a McVay style offense, he's going to be great at that. You know, he's not going to make a whole lot of mistakes. He's going to, you know, find players where they need to be. I mean, he turned Hunter Renfro into a superstar for a little while there in Gruden's offense. They did. Hunter Renfro People got forget the about that. Yeah. And I think that Carr against this Lions defense, he should be able to get the job done, right? Especially with how Kamara has been playing. I well, think that's I'm the biggest thing far. too. I'm going to go this far. Yeah, it is the biggest thing because Kamara has been balling. You know, he hasn't taken a step back as much as the media wants to think you make you think he's done. He's not. He's still a top 10 back. But I'm going to go this far on Derek Carr. This is do or die for Derek Carr. This game is do or die. Because if you can't put up a good game against this defense, what am I paying you for? What am I paying you for? The, the Saints, on paper, in this shat NFC South, Alex, they should have been the shoe-ins to win this division. The shoe-ins. I I, and I, I think you, I said on uh, Linsanity before the season, uh, Dennis Allen, if you don't win this division, we're done. We're done. And there's a chance right now he's not going to. The Falcons are leading this division. Much like last year with the NFC South, Alex, the NFC South winner, as of today, would have, you know, is going to have a losing record and have a home playoff game. And right now it would be the Falcons, who beat the Saints this past Sunday, by the way. Embarrassing. Embarrassing for Dennis Allen. But you're basically betting the points because you think the Lions defense is that bad and Derek Carr will bounce back. I'm pretty much. And I, I respect. I also think the Saints defense, you know, I, I don't respect the Saints team. I'm, I'm not as disrespectful towards them as you are, per se, but I don't respect them all that much more than you do. But I think their I'm defense disrespectful is legit. Because their defense is legit at times. But then again, they lose to the Falcons last week, Alex. The Falcons, but who, that, you know, the defense their quarterback fault? play. Well, I'm going to put it a little bit on the defense because the the Falcons quarterback play has been as erratic as you could ask for in the NFL this year. And that's saying something because quarterback play across the league 
has been pretty average this year, which is weird given all the quarterbacks we have. But, you know, I just, I don't think that much of Arthur Smith as a coach, and he put on a show against this defense, which is led by Dennis Allen. You know, Alex, I just, and my disappointment with the Saints is because they should be better. Like I said, they should have been the yes. two wins for this division. Look at this offense. Look at this offense on paper. Michael Thomas, Kamara, Olave, good line. Jawan Johnson, what the hell are we doing? We brought in Jamal Williams in the offseason. Led the league in touchdowns. What are we doing? Why oh, they don't we play the games good? on paper, Zach. Because <laughs> you're right. Why they is... don't play the games on paper. That's why they don't probably... play the games on uh, back shoulder fade because. You know, here we are. Here I am crying about the Saints uh, because they should be good. I want them to be good. They got a great fan base. They've been one of the best teams since you and I have been watching football, Alex, but not recently. Not recently. Also, since we kind of overlapped there, do you want me to do my second one? Yeah, I'll just sit on why I took the over real quick. Uh, yeah. The Lions have only scored under 20 points once this year, uh, and it was in yeah. that Ravens blowout. When they only scored six points. The Saints uh or sorry, the Lions since uh the last since that blow game against the Ravens, they've scored uh twenty six points, forty one points, thirty one points, twenty two points. So they're on a little tear here. Uh and but like I said, the Lions can't stop a nosebleed. Uh and the Saints let Ritter sling all over them last week. So I, I expect a high scoring game. Uh but I if I had to bet on a winner, uh, I like you taking the Saints. The I like you taking the Saints uh, uh, spread, but yeah, I think the Lions will win this game. But uh, yeah, what's your next pick here? Okay, so I don't know how you'll react to this one, but I'm going to take the Browns plus three and a half against the Rams. And assuming who's the quarterback, Joe Flacco? <laughs> Is DTR not playing next week? DTR I mean, is in protocol, my friend. Okay, well, I'll still take it. I don't care. I think that... You don't care, okay. It's, more, it's okay. more so a pick for the Browns' defense than it is anything about their offense. I know for a fact their offense is going to be bad, right? I, I mean, I just know this coming out. <laughs> I've known this since Deshaun Watson was their quarterback. Their if offense a game like been, this where you sorely miss Nick Chubb. Yes, if they had Nick Chubb, they're probably, given the landscape of this year's NFL, they might be actually a Super Bowl contender, but they're not. And I don't think this Rams team is all that great. I think the Browns defense will neutralize their offense. And I think it's going to be a rock fight. I think it's going to be another. What was the score of the game last week? 13 10. The Browns game? Something like that. It was it was cheeks to watch. Yeah. So I think it'll be another game like that. And in a game like that, they'll say the Rams win 13 to 10. Yeah, cover the spread. <laughs> you cover the spread. Yeah. You cover the spread and you hit the under, uh, which yeah. is somehow almost 40 points in this game. There's that no is way. not happening. There is yeah, no that, way. that is not happening. By the way. Uh, a parlay leg I hit last week. Didn't hit the parlay, but I hit this leg. Under 23 and a half live total for Giants-Pats. That hit. This is that the year hit. of the under. Think about that. That is embarrassing. 
Final score was 10 to 7. Jesus. Genuinely the year of the under. It is the year of the under. It is the year of the under. Not the year we expected, uh, quite frankly. Didn't expect the playoff picture to look like this. Uh, I definitely didn't expect a couple coaches to be fired. Uh, which, you know, Alex didn't even talk about Frank Reich. He got fired. Um, so we got D and Frank Reich both got the sack. Uh, not to steal Insanity Slender, but the, they got the sack this year. Um, but yes, I like I like that one. I think it is going to be low scoring. Uh, the Rams screwed me out of a parlay last week. I had Cardinals money line to try and boost a three leg parlay. I had it's the only leg that didn't hit. They got bodied by McVay. Like they always do. That's my fault. Should have known that. But this is, I'm going to say it again. This is a do or die game for the Rams because the Rams, the NFC, especially, you know, the NFC, Alex, is pretty simple. You got Philly, San Fran, Dallas, Detroit. Like those are the four best teams. Then you have Seattle right under them as the fifth, I would say. They're on a little bit of a skid right now, they don't look great. Gino's been hurt, but they're fifth, I would say. Then you're looking at whoever wins the NFC South. They're going to get in. Then it's like a tussle for the seventh seed. Could be anyone. That's why Minnesota's loss to the Bears is so bad. Because they could have really made some progress on locking up the seventh seed. Uh, Green Bay beats Detroit on Thanksgiving Day, Alex. They're not out of it. Rams are not out of it. Uh, and they're one of the best coach teams in the league, as we know. Yeah. They have been since McVay came in. Um, it's just a cluster for that seven seed. And if the Rams want to stay in that race, uh, what are they, five and six right now? I think they're five. And, yeah, they're five and six right now. This would get them back to 500. If you're going to do it, it would be against Joe Flacco or DTR or whoever it is. Just... Do it. Get it done at home. Move on to next week. Is this just real quick before we move on to our next thing? Is this McVay's best coaching job? This might be. It's his most unexpected one for me. I still think his rookie coaching season was his best because. Alex, I don't know if you remember Sean McVay's first game was against our Colts. And I still remember the score of that game It was 46 to nine. Uh, we got absolutely smoked at the LA Coliseum against the Rams. I thought it was a fluke. Uh, I thought McVay was a fluke. I thought uh, we would never hear, <clears throat> hear from Cooper Cup again. And then here we are, like, what, six or seven years later. Cooper Cup is what he is. Sean McVay is what he is. Uh, and the Rams have won a Super Bowl and been to another one since then. So uh, it's up there. I would say it's the second best behind that rookie season. Um, but I, you, you know, your bet uh, taking the points for the Rams or for the Browns, that's what you did. Yeah. That's, I think the Browns are just going to hang tough and they're not going to let the Rams have anything easy. And that's just, you know, their MO. And the Rams' offense hasn't been as explosive in years past either. I don't see any way. I think you could probably, I don't know what the parlay odds would be. But you could probably parlay the Browns. Well, let's see. The Browns spread with the overall under. Because <laughs> there's no way that game is hitting 39 and a half. There's absolutely none. Browns spread with the under. If you put down 10, you win about 24 bucks. 
I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Not a whole lot, but something. Not bad. If you want, if you wanted to pair it with, uh, you could always pair it with Puka receptions, you know, that, that could be something. Something like that. There's no way the combined rushing guards from this game is going to be a hundred for both sides. Yeah, this is again, this is a game where you miss Nick Chubb. You can force feed Nick Chubb against uh, you know, this Rams front is pretty average outside of Donald, of course, but uh in that back end of the Rams defense, like there's nothing to talk about. There's nothing to talk about. You but know, if you're starting Joe Flacco, before, you could put out my grandpa at linebacker for the Rams, he'd be better than what they have. And yeah, the Browns might be starting Joe Flacco. Flacco Flacco is Caleb likes to likes to call him. So that'd be a good little parlay, Alex, if you wanted to do. The plus three and a half of the Browns with the under 39 and a half. I'm with you. I would be surprised if the over hit. Uh, if it was to hit, the Rams would have to do what they did last week. Put up 30 plus, uh, which they did against the Cardinals. I don't think they're doing that against this Browns defense. Much different defenses. Arizona and Cleveland. Much, much different. Uh, What's your, uh... my, my final bet? Yep. My final bet is my Colts, Alex. Our Colts that we saw in person this year for the opener. Uh, Colts minus one and a half. Somehow only a one and a half point favorite against the fraudulent Tennessee Titans on the road with a shit organization, a shit front office, a shit quarterback room. Uh, we're smoking that tanny pack. We're smoking that tanny pack. Tannehill's done. Uh, Levis, they're going to talk themselves into Levis next year. That's going to be great. Uh, Henry, we thought the regression year was last year. Turns out we were a year, uh, a year off. It's actually this year. DeAndre Hopkins has actually been really good for them, uh, which is saying a lot. You know, he put up big numbers in Houston without a quarterback until Watson got there. He's putting up solid numbers this year without a quarterback. Uh, Colts are going to go. We're going in Nashville. We're coming out with a win. Alex, and then we're going to party on Nashville. We're going to party on Nashville uh, all weekend. Uh, we're going to come back Tuesday, get back to work. And Shane, Shane Steichen, Alex, uh, you're going to want to keep an eye on his Coach of the Year odds because if we stay in the playoff hunt and if we eventually lock up a playoff seed, which I'm basically delusional now in booking that, I'm I'm going to be shocked if we don't make the playoffs at this point that's how delusional i am on the colts uh that we're we're going to be in the we're going to be playing games in the snow uh in december and january keep an eye on steichen's coach of the year odds dan campbell's the big favorite right now but steichen is uh i think five or six behind him alex i mean yeah with losing anthony richardson getting gardner Minshew in there not having jonathan taylor Right. The odds have been stacked against him all year. He is kind of a deserving candidate. Um, I, I just want to circle back to Derrick Henry real quick because he is not the guy he used to be. But Zach, he's still, how many he's yards, still putting up good numbers. How many yards do you how think Derrick Henry has? On the year? On the year. What are we, 11 games in? Um... 11 or 12 games in, right? 11 games. 11 games in. Uh, I'm going to guess... 
706. You were very close. 739. Now, he's on pace to have his worst season since he was 24, his first, like, technically real season playing. Um, But the fact is, I think it's impressive that he's still putting up these kind of numbers (laughs) while clearly being worse. I, you know, he's not. It is impressive. He's not the guy anymore, but he's a guy still. Yeah, he's not. He's not the workhorse that you, you know, you and I are used to seeing run through uh, blue and white jerseys on Sundays. Uh, But, you know, he's not the 2020 Henry or the or the 2019 Henry, but he's still. Still, I would say a top 10 running back, still one of the few uh, bell cow running backs we have left, Alex. Um, We don't have a lot of those anymore, which is sad. We had a lot of those when we were kids. Uh, you know, we yeah. had we, we had Tomlinson and and Peterson and and uh, guys like that. Sean those guys are gone. Sean Alexander, yeah, those those guys are pretty much gone now. Uh, Stephen Jackson, underrated. Those guys are pretty much gone now. But Henry and Chubb and uh, you know McCaffrey, they're they're trying to bring it back. They're trying to bring it back. Bring it back, baby. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 you're right about Henry. You're right about Henry. Uh, hasn't been the greatest situation for him. Obviously, their O line is not very good. Um, but I, Alex, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the spread here. I just think we're gonna win. We're gonna win by more than two. Yeah, we're the better team than Tennessee. It's not close. Tennessee has been real. Like they had that one game with Levis, and then they haven't done. Respectfully, they haven't done crap since then. No, oh, they haven't done anything. So we're we're gonna win. It's not even up for up for discussion. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time on this last one. You might you might want some answers. I'll just real quick hit it. Okay, I re- I really like the Broncos three and a half plus three and a half against the Texans. It, hey, I looked at it. I looked at it's, it. and it's okay. So I don't really need to spend a whole lot of time explaining this one. Then, I mean, the Texans have just been in a lot of close games, and the Broncos have too. And truthfully. I don't really think there's much of a difference between the two teams. I like the Broncos defense and I think they can contain the Texans offense enough to keep them within grasp. And CJ Stroud's looked really good, but he's also had moments of like, what are you doing? Which it makes sense. He's a rookie, but I think that that's enough to keep them within the game. And the Broncos have since that 50 point blowout have been a pretty decent team. I'm not going to say they've been good. We're not going to go that far. But they've been pretty okay. Yeah. Pretty average. So I think I'll take my chances with that. And I just like them. Yeah, I like them going against the Texans. Well, the Broncos aren't a fight. These are two of the hottest teams in the league, right? I know the Texans are coming off the loss, but they're still putting up points regardless. I mean, they barely lost to the Jags last week. Um, you know, that that uh, Amendola field goal hits the crossbar. He kicks that, you know, three more inches, it goes in. Um, they're on the outside looking in for the playoff pictures. So are the Broncos. Broncos are on a five-game win streak. If you just said that to me last year, I would have told you to fuck off. Uh, this team, <laughs> I mean, there's no way. I would have said there's no way. Look, the, the Broncos, they're playing well. Uh, Russell Wilson, I said he was washed last year. Um he was washed last year. 
playing much better this year. Uh, he's still not what he was in Seattle by any means, but he, he's serviceable. He's serviceable. He's not. He's not costing them games now. He's still not nearly living up to the paycheck that Denver gave him, but you know he he's serviceable, and he, you know he's led this he's led this winning streak of five games. Caleb has to eat a little bit on Sean Payton, saying he was a bottom five coach. Uh, bottom five coach doesn't lead a team to oh, five man. wins in a row. Uh, it just doesn't happen. But you know the Broncos, they get this game, which I think is winnable. Um. You know they're seven to five. They're sitting pretty for 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 a wild card spot, Alex. Exactly. So it's, I like I like the pick. I looked at it's it. Gonna, I looked at it. it's going to be an interesting one to monitor, just because I think that the Broncos' defense, like, like I said, I'm not particularly inspired by their offense, but their defense, I think, is going to be good enough to hold down. The Texans and the Texans. Eventually, someone's going to stop their offense, right? I mean, so, to an extent, people kind of have stopped their offense when Stroud's made those rookie mistakes. Mm-hmm. But I, eventually, someone's actually going to stop them. And who's to say this isn't the week? So, right, could be the week. Uh, weird to say that about the Denver defense at this point, uh, considering, <laughs> like you said, they gave up seventy points. What was it, five or six weeks ago? But hey. Past is the past. Uh, let's move into the NBA, Alex. Uh, your wheelhouse here. I just got a couple of futures I want to hit on, and then let's get into end season tournament real quick. I got the Timberwolves to win the Northwest Division at plus two sixty. Uh, now Jamal Murray, what was just tweeted, Alex? I don't know if you saw it. Jamal Murray coming back tonight against Houston. Uh, so he's back from that hamstring injury. Minnesota is about to lose Edwards for, I think, a couple games. Uh, I heard his hip last night. Sucks for my fantasy team. Fucking sucks for my fantasy team, but we'll move on. Victor, bang your mama. We'll move on. We'll move on, and we'll we'll rally behind Dame and Mikael Bridges and figure it out. And Evan Mobley, we'll figure it out. Uh, but Minnesota to win the division over Denver and Oklahoma City, basically, uh, would be plus 260. Uh, and then Shea Gilgis Alexander, who I had, I had an MVP bet on. I bet six bucks on him at plus eighteen hundred odds uh, earlier this season. Let me double check what he's at now. Yesterday he was at plus thirteen hundred. Today he is at. Let us see here. Still at thirteen hundred. So he's he is six uh, in the odds behind. Jokic, Doncic, Embiid, Tatum, and Giannis. So, uh, pretty good company for Shea there, Alex. But uh, any comments on those before we move into the the tournament? That Northwest Division is going to be tough, man. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. It's it's going to be tough. MVP. It's way too early for me to make a determination. Um, I can cross a few names off my list. Zach Levine definitely not winning MVP. Um, Kate Cunningham <laughs> definitely not winning MVP. Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins, definitely not winning MVP. Um, Marcus Smart, not winning MVP. Draymond, not winning MVP. But SGA Clay Thompson. was always Clay Thompson, not winning MVP. Um, MVP of the good hats club, though. I don't know if you saw the hat he was wearing at the press conference yesterday, though. Or was it yesterday? 
I don't know what day it was. It was earlier this MVP, week. MVP in the laundromat club because he'll wash your clothes because he's washed. Well, yes, but I, I, you know, the hat, the hat deserves its own praise, Zach. I mean, come on now. I don't know if you saw this hat. Sure this hat was like, was, you know, um, it. it was a fine hat. It was yeah, good. It's like the hat Kyle wears on South Park, but like 10 times bigger. It's great. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I'm sure it's very, very cold in Sacramento. Very cold. <laughs> um, you can knock you can knock Kevin Knox off the list. There's a lot of players you can knock off the list. Um, DeAndre Ayton. I, DeAndre Ayton. I don't know how many free throw attempts he's up to on the season. By the way, that's like a fun thing to monitor. Last I saw, he was at nine free throw attempts. I don't know, but he sure as hell has made a lot. He's putting up duds on my fantasy team every now and then. Well, it so me okay, I'm going to pull up. I'm pulling up basketball reference right now. And we're at, so he's played 16 games. We're, we're making progress, Zach. He's at 19 free throw attempts now. So we're at 1.1 a game. This man is seven feet tall. He's seven feet tall. He's shooting one free throw a game. He's like, he's the only center on Portland. What is he doing? Um, he's not dominating. That's what he's not doing. I'll tell you what. Draft it over Luka Doncic, everybody. Draft it over Luka Doncic. But anyway, move on. Forget Marvin Bagley. Um, And Marvin Bagley. I think SGA at those odds is going to be good. There's going to be like, for me, honestly, it's way too early in the season to like, even think about MVP. I don't start really considering it until the 41 game mark. And then even then, which is fair, you got to like give some more time for things to develop because the next 20 games after that are usually the most 20 important games of the season. Yeah. And you know, you can have years like last year and the year before where it's a two man race. Uh, you know, past couple of years has been Jokic and Embiid. They split the past two years, past three years, really. Uh, it's been those two. Um, but this year it looks like the books, the books are at least trying to make an effort to get um, some of the forwards involved, some of the guards involved. Uh, Luca has the second best odds at plus five fifty. I'm just a little apprehensive with that because. I feel like the Mavericks could, you know, like the Kyrie, the Kyrie effect, Alex, like they, they could, they could fall into a free fall. Um, not even their own doing just, just having him on the roster. You're like, can you give me four straight months without incident? I don't know. I don't know. That's a, and that's they a have a question. big, they have a big defensive problem. They have a, I mean, not as big as my Pacers, Alex, but like their defense is not, not very good. Now they're getting really good stuff out of Lively. Been one of the best rookies, I think, this year, Alex. But, um, you know, I, I, I think Giannis should be a little higher. I think 10 to 1 for Giannis is a joke. Um, you know who's a, so if you know who's get, a real... If you can get Giannis at 10 to 1, though, hammer that. You know who's got real good odds right now? Just taking a quick gander. Steph. 26 to 1. Yeah. 26 if, to 1. If they avoid the play-in... <laughs> They've been a hot mess. If they avoid the play-in, you're right. Yeah, if they if they can if they if they can lock up a top six seed in the West, which the West has been really good this year, pretty unexpected in some places. If you're looking at how good Minnesota's been, or even how good uh, a team like Houston's been, like yeah. you're sure, and he's the only source of offense on that team. Like even last night, you know, Wiggins and Thompson had their best games. Of the year by far, Alex and Sacramento still came back and won. They still came back and won. So I just don't. 
He's going to have to do more this year unless they make a move at the deadline or before. Uh, he's going to have to do more this year than he has probably since the year they did make the play in, Alex, when yeah, they played the probably, Lakers in the play in. It's going to be that year all over again, except he won't have Kelly Oubre. I think that year, people forget how awesome he was that year. That was probably the best regular season I think he's had. That 2021 season. I think he averaged close to 30 points. Yeah. I. And plus voters, they haven't done this in a while. They did it with like Carl Malone. They used to do it with MJ a lot. Oh, this guy's all time great. He hasn't won MVP in a while. Let's give it to him. Right. I'm really surprised they didn't go back to LeBron with that logic. I'm kind of surprised they didn't go back to KD with that logic. Steph is still in his prime at age 35, which is kind of insane to say. So he's kind of a it good candidate. To, yeah. It's kind of a good candidate to go back to and be like, hey, this guy's still at the top of it. It's, I mean, it's kind of a, you shouldn't really compare people to this guy, but he's kind of aging like Michael Jordan in terms of his career arc. Michael Jordan was still winning MVPs at 35. Why can't Steph? Right. Steph would be a good bet for the scoring title this year as well. Yeah. Uh, obviously, barring injury, which he's already had one this year. Um, and you know, at 35, you're going to get stuff like that. And his usage rate is through the roof. Uh, and then you got Tyrese Halliburton, my guy, Tyrese Halliburton, 40 to one. Uh, so there's a big drop off after Steph. You go from 26 to one to 40 to one. Uh, Halliburton shares the same odds as Donovan Mitchell, but I think basically Alex, unless something happens, something drastic happens. You're going to be looking at, if you're looking at the FanDuel book, it's going to be anyone from Jokic through Curry. I don't think it's going to be anyone else. Uh, The guys in between that we didn't mention, you got Durant and Booker with basically the same odds, and then you have uh, Anthony Edwards with the same odds as Curry. So, going to be one of those about 10 guys, I'd say. I'd say so. Um, Uh, In-season tournament, what do you want to hit on? So, somehow my Knicks, my Glorious, wonderful Knicks yeah. have the worst odds to win the tournament. Even worse than your Pacers. No offense, Zach. Your Pacers are objectively no taken. We can't. Again, my grandpa. We couldn't stop my grandpa coming down the lane. We suck. You're, and your Pacers are playing objectively the better team. I don't yes, think we are. We are. The Knicks nearly beat the Bucks two weeks ago. Right? Was that two, the last time I was on? Was that time we talked about Julius Randle jogging up the court? So yep. I don't remember when, when exactly that was. Do you remember what happened the last time the Pacers played the Celtics? I don't think you need me to remind you. No, I don't need you to remind me. So we didn't have Halliburton in that game. I'm a little insulted. That's my Do saving grace for that game. We didn't have Halliburton. Plus 1,700, I just think are terrible odds for that. Um, for a team I actually think can win. I mean, the Lakers at plus 550. I think you get LeBron in an environment like this. I know his team's not as good as maybe some of the other teams. Mm. But it's LeBron in a playoff environment. and He actually has something to play for. And his legs Mm. are still moderately fresh. This might be... I mean, I don't want to say it. It's going to sound kind of grim. This might be the last major accomplishment of his career. You know, maybe he 
I, I mean, listen, it might be with the with the, this is the most inconsistent Anthony Davis has been. Yeah, in a, a couple seasons, and you know he's been inconsistent over the past couple years, especially in the playoffs. I mean, last year in the playoffs, he was you know, you didn't know what you were going to get every night. And that is my biggest knock on him being a top 75 player all time is because he's just wildly inconsistent uh, in the regular season and in the postseason. But look, I mean, you know what LeBron's going to give you every night, every night. He's still a triple double threat. He's still going to get you at least like seven or eight assists. He's going to get you 25 points. He's going to set guys up for shots. Uh, They do have some shooters on this Lakers team. Uh, Russell Reeves, uh, you know, uh, reddish guys like that. But the Lakers, they have a little bit of a defensive problem. Uh, but but you're right. Like it's, it could be. I I'm gonna steal it, but it could be his last dance. It could be his last dance in terms of winning something meaningful. Because you know, getting swept out of the playoffs last year, like they did. Their team hasn't improved like drastically to where I'm like, oh, they can they can give Denver a, a run now. No, like if anything, they're worse than last year. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, thankfully, um, you brought up their defense being worse. So are literally all three of the other teams in the west side of the bracket. None of their defenses are good. Maybe the Pelicans, but the Kings. All like all four of those defenses range from. Um, mediocre to downright dreadful kings so, kings you could set me up on the block uh yeah. against the kings that's how bad their defense is especially on the interior alex i mean i watched the bonus for like what six years that's not happening yeah so it's gonna be i think the lakers you know with their combination of like they're gonna want to slow it down again lebron has that experience and i think that's gonna be huge LeBron's got the most experience out of this whole. I think that what's fun about this, just to like kind of now that we're done with like the whole group play portion of this World Cup stuff part of this, is that we're getting to see Tatum and Brown. We're getting to see Giannis and Dame. We're getting to see, you know, De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis. We're getting to see LeBron and AD, um, whoever plays for the Suns next week, uh, Zion and Ingram. We're getting to see Tyrese Halliburton. We're getting to see, you know, my Knicks. We're getting to see a lot of fun teams and players in this tournament. And I know the Knicks are probably the least fun team out of my out of that group, which is probably why they have the worst odds. If you want me to well, be 100 percent honest with you, Alex, since it's your Knicks now, are you team Grimes or team McBride? Because there's there's a little. There's a little, uh, I saw a couple things on Twitter saying McBride should be starting over Grimes. Listen, I think they should be starting DiVincenzo. That's, that's nothing. I, I like McBride, but I think good, man. I like DiVincenzo. Um, and another thing is that, yeah. you know, just in the spirit of me rooting for my team, I'm going to take the Knicks plus six against the Bucks on Monday. Will they cover? Who can really say? But they are playing no defense, Milwaukee. I mean, the the Knicks have moments of brilliance and also moments of I don't know what the hell they're doing. Moments Um, of kill myself. Yeah, it's they've been a fun team to watch in, and fun isn't 
meant as a compliment there. But no. <laughs> fun in terms of I don't know what I'm getting tonight. Let's see. Exactly. But it's it's been and, an experience. And then you're like, oh, I could shut this game off at halftime. Or oh, let's keep watching. I think if you want me to be like just to close out the in-season tournament, if I knew who was playing for the Suns, I think I'd go with them. But I don't. And I'm with them all season, man. You just don't, you don't know. That's why I don't have them going very far in the playoffs and why I don't think they're a good bet, Uh, especially for Western champions is because they're not going to get enough reps with these three guys. We've seen it with the Clippers, Alex, in this whole Kawhi PG era. They don't get enough reps in the regular season to have the chemistry that's necessary in the playoffs to go all the way. They're just, they're just not. Yeah, shout out to Bradley Beal, who's played fewer games than Kawhi the last four seasons. Or I think it was like yeah, 30 Caleb. more games. Yeah, Caleb. Caleb defends Beal constantly. It was like 30 yeah, more games despite Bradley or despite Kawhi missing the whole season one year. Um, it's like a bet on the over-under Beal games played. I would hammer the under. I don't care if it was 10. I don't care if it was 10. Yeah. I'll take the under. Honestly. I, the Suns are going to be so fascinating because I watched the Knicks game on from Monday. And just like Booker with their scrubs, scrubs and air quotes, looked really good. Now they were playing the Knicks. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I, I still think the talent's there. You know, you have Gordon and Nurkic who are rotation players on all the other teams. And you have rotation quality players. It's just, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they proceed through the season. Do you have any other in season tournament thoughts or? Not betting wise, uh, I think just speaking as a Pacers fan, I think we have a pretty big chance next week. Uh, if we can obviously beat Boston or even make it a game with Boston, especially on the national TV, I mean, I think we are going to have a chance to get some real big recognition. I think Halliburton has a moment here where he can really put himself in the national spotlight, like the casual NBA fans, you know, they're not going to be, they're not going to know like, Oh, Tyrese Halliburton could be an all NBA guy this year. Well, they could know it after Monday. And I, I just, you know, we're talking about consistency with the, basically all those guys we listed Alex for the MVP, you know what you're getting from them every night. Like they are the models of consistency. He has become that. He's become that. And that's a key. That's key to being an all-time player. It's key to being an all-NBA player. Like just consistency. Consistency, durability. He's got he's got both of them this year. So um just speaking from a fan standpoint for a second, I think we have a real big shot to do something special next week. Uh and I'm excited for it. Last uh, category, Alex, before we do the plugging, we got the college football. Uh, big, huge, one of the biggest weekends of college football season coming this uh, weekend. The conference title games, Alex. Uh, I am going to hammer the over of 66 and a half of the Pac-12 championship, Washington and Oregon. I'm also going to say Washington to make the CFP at plus 285 is a pretty good bet for you. Um, and Florida State plus 110 to miss the CFP. I think they're going to lose to Louisville uh, this weekend. 
But Washington, Oregon, Alex, that's the game I'm most excited for Friday night. Um, I think that's going to be a barn burner. I think Oregon's going to win. I know I just said Washington uh, CFP odds bet those, but basically this game, possibly the biggest game of the season, Alex, because it's going to decide who gets in the CFP and it's going to decide probably who wins the Heisman, Alex. That's crazy to think about. Um, you know which game I'm most excited for? The Heisman for odds are crazy. The Heisman odds are crazy because Bo Nix is the favorite right now. Daniels is second. Daniels is second on, a, I believe, a three-loss LSU team, but he's putting up insane stats. He's putting up like Joe Burrow stats at LSU. And then uh, you have um, Penix, who has inexplicably, in my mind, dropped a third. I don't know what he did to drop the third, uh, but he did. Uh, so now I feel like him and Knicks are just going to flip-flop uh, depending on the result of this game. But yeah, lots of things going to be decided in that game on Friday, Alex. But uh, what do you got? What's your most exciting game this weekend? Well, it actually is that game, but not for the reason you think. It's because the loser of that game will get to play my Iowa Hawkeyes in the Rose Bowl, baby. Let's go. <laughs> no, you're not giving the Hawkeyes a chance, Alex? Um, I told you before the show, I was looking at their odds, like of specific scores. What was it? Plus 50,000 for them to lose 50 to 10 or something like that. Let me just ask you this. Will they score a point? No, there's no, I mean, maybe a field goal. I was over under two and a half points for Iowa. I think the better question would have been six and a half. If you said six and a half, I would have pounded the under still, but I would have said there's a chance. I was going to go over three, two and a half because there's a chance to get a field goal, right? Especially once Michigan stops trying as hard. Once it's like forty-two I mean, to nothing. Purdue, Purdue scored on this Michigan team. You know, Purdue only won what? Four games, three games. Yeah, I was just a different breed though in terms of not being able to score. They're, They're the Steelers. It's not even the Steelers. It's like the Steelers and the Browns had a They're the Patriots. baby of uh, offensive incompetence. The Steelers, the Browns, and the Patriots all somehow had a baby of offensive incompetence. <laughs> its name was Brian Ferentz, and it got demoted from offensive coordinator for next season in the middle of the season. Um, By the way, I don't know if you paid attention to that at all, the Brian Ferentz saga. <laughs> I did, yeah. That... It's just absolutely crazy. They just like demoted him in the middle of the season, but they're like, oh, you can finish the season, Brian. You're just not going to be the OC next year. Like, just fire him at that point. Like, what's... <laughs> Rip the band-aid off, man. Rip it off. Just... I know he's the coach's why. son. We know why. But yeah, we, it's, it's... yeah, like I said, we know why. It's still, it's ridiculous. Um, So I would, if there's a way to bet Iowa to get zero points, just do it. Um, Obviously, Michigan... I think the line is minus 22 and a half. That's easy money. So, I mean, you might not even want to bet that. Because uh, there's no way this game is within four scores. There's there's just no way. It's when I say four, it is four Michigan. touchdowns, four touchdowns. Yeah, 28 um, points. <laughs> embarrassing for Michigan if it's within that. I want to say, in actual serious stuff, I like Oklahoma to cover Oklahoma state to cover. Excuse me. Um, I don't against know why Texas. I said Oklahoma. Yeah. Against Texas in the big 12 championship game. I think o- o- Oklahoma state's kind of good. They 
beat a common opponent. They beat the opponent who beat Texas in Oklahoma. So if you want to go by transitive property, they are better than Texas. Um, Yeah, if you do. Yeah. But in all seriousness, I think Oklahoma State's a pretty good team. I don't think they're great, but I don't think it's a 14 and a half point difference, especially considering who Texas was close with in some games this year. Um, Texas, Texas took a big one to the gut today uh, or yesterday, staying at number seven in the poll. Yeah. I mean, so, they're going to need mean, a hell of a lot to happen for, for them to get in the CFP, which I still think there's a chance of that. I mean, obviously the winner of the Pac-12 is going to get in, uh, but they, they, you know, they need Alabama to lose. Um, they, they need a lot to happen. Well, you're not going to like this next pick then, Zach, because I have Alabama plus six and a half. I think they're going to cover. It's going to be a hell of a game say, Georgia. I think they might win. I'm not re- like I think Georgia's really good. I think this Georgia should still get in if they lose to Alabama. That there's an argument for it, but I think Georgia's had a really weak, weak strength of schedule. If you want me to be honest, I I think you can make a they case. Have but the the CF the, the the committee loves to do this legacy thing, especially you know we saw it with Ohio State. Uh, we see it with Alabama all the time. Like Georgia should get some benefit for being back-to-back champs, don't you think? Even if they lose to Alabama. If, if I were to, so let's say Georgia lost to Alabama. Here's how I would do it, and this might be controversial. I probably and let's say Washington wins because I think Washington's going to win. I think you think Washington's going to win too. I'd go Michigan one. You think, think Oregon's going to win? Okay, yeah. interesting. Okay, so they'd split the season series. Okay, I'll I'll go off the presumption that Washington's winning still. So they're 13 and up. Okay. So Michigan one, Washington two. Then I'd probably go Texas three, Alabama four. If they beat Georgia. Man, that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. This is I always tell Caleb and Bryce, like, this is the year they should have done the 12 team playoff. This is the year this was, they started it. This was the year where the depth was depthest. <laughs> and, it, and you know, if next year turns out to be like this year even better, you know, I'll eat shit, but I I I don't I don't think it's gonna it's, be I don't think it's gonna be Penn, like Penn State was a legitimately good team this year. I know people like and it to sucks shit that on, Travis got hurt. It sucks that Travis got hurt. People like to shit on James Franklin. They were actually good this year. I, I, I understand James Franklin. But they were actually good this year, Zach. Like for once they were actually good. This Penn State team, I think, was better than the rest of them. It's just, yeah, you can understand why they don't beat two top five teams. My, you know, my, you can understand. My thing with Franklin is he's never going to have a better shot at beating Michigan than he did this year, and he didn't. I mean, it's fair, but at the same time, J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, I mean, those are probably two of the best players. I'm not going to say they've ever had, but... They're two of the best Big Ten players this year. I mean, I mean, listen, Michigan's a great team. Uh, controversial or not, they're a great team, but I just feel like for James Franklin, you know, if if he was ever gonna beat Michigan or Ohio State, you know, he already beat Ohio State uh, a few years ago. But you know, if you if you're ever gonna beat Michigan, it's gonna be at home without their coach, whole world rooting for you, uh, and he just he couldn't do it. So I'm kind of I'm kind of out on James Franklin. I understand, but man. Like like you're saying, this is the year if there was one to expand because I think Penn State could have probably hung with you know some of those other schools 
I mean, we didn't really get to see it, and that's kind of their fault because you know they didn't schedule real well out of conference. Yeah, but, it would have been cool to see uh, Lane Kiffin in the CFP. You know, right? Ole Miss probably would have made it. Um, I don't know who the token LSU might have made it. Might have. I don't know who the token Geo Five school would have been, but this year would have been like you're saying because there's eight teams I think with legitimate cases. And I think yeah. Louisville's probably gonna Louisville probably would have had a case. Um Louisville will definitely have a case if they win the ACC title game. Notre Dame probably had like if you had a 12 team playoff, Notre Dame would have had a case. So there's a lot yeah. of schools that Yeah, you would have had like, probably man. three Big Ten teams and yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, man, this would have been the year for it, but uh and I mean next year, Alex. Next year. Next year. As always next year. Yep, shout out to my Pacers. That's what I always say. Um, Alex, plugs before we go. What do you have on the on uh, the power hour? So I just have incredible incredible timing when it comes to the power hour, don't I? Because I am talking about the Dallas Mavericks this week, Zach. Hey, big sale. I yes, they are. And I'm also talking about the Chicago Bulls, who are also newsworthy in their own. I don't know if you saw. Well, I'm sure you can't keep track of everything that's coming out of the Bulls, but it's a fucking dumpster fire. And that'll be a lot of fun to try to break down. So keep your eye out for that. That'll that should be up Thursday or tomorrow slash Thursday slash, you know, whenever you're listening to this. Hopefully you listen to this as soon as Wednesday is or as close to Wednesday as possible. Yes. Uh, Circle City Cinema, Alex, I'm going to record tomorrow night before the Thursday game. Uh, I am going over, uh, Thanksgiving, the Eli Roth movie, uh, Napoleon and the holdovers. I saw all those the past week in theaters. I didn't Um, see those. Not Thanksgiving. (laughs) Thanksgiving is not for me, but the other two. (laughs) I, I went two for three. I'll just say that. I'll say that for my pod. I went two for three on these movies. Okay. I'm not going to tell you what the one was that didn't hit. Uh, I think I know which one didn't hit. Because if I had to guess, you'll just have to see. You might be surprised. Uh, that's what I'm going over. I'm also going to have. Uh, I'm working with Bryce and Caleb on doing a draft of actors under forty. Actors and actresses under forty. Uh, I might adjust that somewhat. I'm. I'm uh, trying to figure out the criteria. See if forty is a big enough age. Uh, and then I will have a 2024 movie draft and preview uh, at some point next month. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Uh, Alex, we have big movies, big movies coming down the pipe uh, next month. Award season full swing. I mean, we got Dune 2. I mean, I think a movie you drafted last year, it's going to be coming out in 2024 for sure. Yeah, that that'll be a number one pick for sure. That'll be a first round pick. <laughs> you know, it won't be a first round pick, Madam Web. Won't be, Madam Web. Madam Web will not be a no? first round pick, but uh, no, uh, might Alex, be a sleeper in later for, rounds. Yeah, it could be a sleeper. I might. I Spider Man degenerate like myself. I'll probably scoop it up in the fifth or sixth round. I don't know. Um, all right, Alex. Thanks for coming on. Replacing Caleb this week. Of course. 
I'm sorry for what I said earlier, Caleb, if you're still listening at this point. I don't think he probably is, but I do apologize. No, you don't need to apologize. Uh, as always, folks, thanks for listening.